build up to the playing game continues and there's plenty being said already. The Hawks v the Breakers preparing for a showdown on Monday. There's intrigue around the Kings. The Jack Jumpers are jubilant. And Perth and Melbourne are just sitting back watching it all unfold. There is heaps to talk through this morning with Liam Santa Maria on NBL Now. Well, we've only had one week, a couple of days of the finals, and it's already packed with drama. Joel Peterson and Liam Santa Maria with you. Liam, good morning. How did you enjoy that Wednesday night of hoops? Morning, Joel. Uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Two two great games. The Tasmania emphatic performance. Impressive to see what they did. And, uh, man, the drama that played out at, at Kudos Bank Arena was um, spectacular to watch. It was absolutely extraordinary. Uh, you you were at My State Bank Arena a, a couple of weeks ago, and we'll talk about the Jack Jumpers a little bit later, but uh, it's one of those things, having been there now, if you've not been there, you don't get it. You do not get that atmosphere. And uh, what Tassie did down there was pretty extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, that place is absolutely popping. And when, when Jack McVay's got the hands out calling for more or when Will Magnus just sending guys away left and right, uh, the, the place just goes absolutely bananas and uh, they just must be loving life right now because if you're a jack jumper fan if you're part of that aunt aunt, aunt army you're starting to sniff a championship and they've been close these first couple of years um but right now i mean this is the form team in the competition melbourne perth we haven't seen them for a hot little minute they sputtered a little bit towards the end of the season whereas tasmania are on a red hot winning streak playing championship level basketball and Man, I tell you, if you're the Perth Wildcats right now, you're feeling a little nervous about this group that's coming into your building. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's some good news for them yesterday too with Marcus Lee's shoulder injury that uh, looked very serious. Maybe not as bad as we thought, so uh, they're optimistic that he'll be good to go this time next week. I feel like every injury at this time of year is not as bad as first thought. <laughs> because, you know, these are big games. As Alan Cheatham, Will McDowell, Mill McDowell White's injury was quote-unquote, not as bad as first thought because these games are huge right now and guys are doing everything they can to be out there on the floor. Yeah, absolutely they are. Hey, uh, no, I don't think anyone enjoyed Wednesday night more than Parker Jackson Cartwright in, in various ways. Uh, he spoke yesterday addressing his, his post-game outburst. He said he was motivated by some, quote, external factors, despite saying post-match that they don't listen to anyone. I don't know how that works. That doesn't make sense to me. Whatever gets him going is fine because when he plays like that, I don't care what motivates him. But uh, that was an extraordinary performance and, and extraordinary in the aftermath. It doesn't need to make sense, Joel. It just needs to play out the, the way it did with, with guys playing with that level of desire and passion uh, and ability. I mean, the guy, the guy is just unbelievably talented. So fun to watch, but... I mean, he, that team, first and foremost, let's start with the team. They wanted it more. They wanted it more than the Kings. It's not a way I think you want to go down, but if you're, you're part of that Breakers team or you're, you're part of Breaker Nation, you just love that about your squad. The guys playing through injury, guys playing at a really high level, motivated by whatever you want to be motivated by, whether it's Rucker and his top 15 or whether it's, um, everybody, you know, others saying that you're not going to win the game or, uh, just the desire to hoist the championship trophy for your squad, uh, playing at that incredible level. And then the passion afterwards, you know, go for it. I mean, I think maybe the coaching staff for the Kings, Mahmoud, certainly Daniel Kickett didn't like the fact he wasn't focused on shaking their hands, but tell Jack, tell Ruck, tell Joe, 
tell everybody about it because, you know, you're fired up. You've just produced an epic performance and I'm here for it. Yeah, it was, uh, there was all kinds of stuff happening in, uh, in, in the aftermath of, uh, of that game on Wednesday, and yeah, you're right. Uh, the, there was a bit of byplay between the two the two groups as uh, as Daniel Pickett made his way across uh, toward Parker Jackson Cartwright. I'm not sure that exactly helped things, but I mean, the Kings they were stung. It's the end of their season. It's been a long time coming. Let's be honest. I mean, I feel like we saw that performance coming a while away, but they were they were in the game. They were in front. They had every chance, and then. The, the, the game that was just emblematic or the play that was emblematic of their season to me was that inbound pass from DJ Hogue to Jalen Adams. It got pinched and it just, it, it literally just slipped away from them. Yeah, you're right. That was, that was the play. And then the earlier one that went out of bounds where then Mahmood subbed DJ Hogue out and you know, they had a little back and forth. That team has issues. And I tell you, I don't care how talented you are. If you've got those kind of issues, you're not going very far. They're able, their talent was able to bring them into the play-in tournament, but they were never going to make any kind of serious run towards the championship because um, they don't get along. <laughs> they're not playing for each other, um, and there's you know it, it just doesn't get the sense that a lot of those guys are really playing for that. Were playing for that coach, so time now to put that that behind them and uh, make some big decisions and move on from here. So there doesn't seem like there is a path forward here without some significant change of some kind. Now, whatever that change is, is that a fair statement that they're like something that they need to do something? For sure. I mean, and look, the, the, the easy thing to say is that there's always change. No team is ever the same, exactly the same from one year to the next. But I think this is going to be significantly different. Um, you know, I mean, I would be, I would be surprised if we saw DJ Hogue back with that team next year. I'd be surprised if we saw that um, Valentin um, and Denzel Valentine. And I think there's going to be other changes within that roster as well. Now, the other big question that everybody wants to know is, well, what does it look like at the head coaching position? Um, As we've said, I'm fascinated to see how that plays out because, yes, Mahmoud Abdel Fattah is under contract for next year, but that team underperformed and... You know, I think that when there's issues within your squad, then then there's issues from a coaching perspective as well because, you know, it's part of the job to make sure everybody's pulling and pushing in the same direction. Yeah, and one name you didn't mention there was uh, was Jalen Adams. I wouldn't exactly be uh, rushing to his door with a bag of cash, put it that way, to uh, to bring him back for uh, for the, the upcoming season. But, you know, that, that, that everyone has their view at this time of year and it's all part of the fascination. Um, one one player who did sort of have their stock rise, and Modi May all mentioned, made mention of this in the post game, was uh, our man Mantis Rubstavijus, uh, the next star. He fouled out, but he made some big plays, and and really the the trajectory of the back end of his season continued. Modi said he reckons his draft stock probably jumped tw- uh, twenty points uh, again. <laughs> just a, another nice performance, and uh, good to see the coach giving you a little bit of a hyper. Yeah, uh, he loves it. Murdy Mayor loves Mantas Rupstavidis because, um, you know, he, he just plays the right way. He plays hard at both ends. He gives that kid the toughest defensive responsibilities game after game, whether it's Bryce Cotton or it's Jalen Adams or, you know, it's, it's probably going to be Tyler Harvey, I think, um, in this next game in Illawarra. So, you know, he, he, yeah, he, <laughs> he got his marching orders midway through the third quarter and, um, you know, so he didn't play a big chunk of that game, but when he was out there, he was highly influential. 
pretty physical, and that's how he plays. He's from Lithuania, and they play a physical style over there in Europe, and, and he has brought that here. He needs to temper it and adjust a little bit, Joel, because he's had four or 5,000, I think six or seven games straight here. So he needs to make a bit of an adjustment, but at the same time, uh, Modi's loving what he's bringing to his team. And another massive test for the breakers, and and they pass in flying colours. I mean, with the, the the injuries that you mentioned and the unavailability, and you know, you, you look at the list of Cheatham, McDowell, White, and then Jessup went out early. Lamb came in, gone. Delaney, he's been there, gone. Rubstavichus had an injury in the early part of the season. I mean, they haven't had their team together at any point of the year, and uh, what they've done off the back of that's been been remarkable. Yeah, they're battle hardened. And, you know, there, there are sometimes when you go through adversity, your team splits and everybody goes in their own direction and blames each other. This group have come, have gone the other direction and it's galvanized their group. And now they're playing for each other. They're playing for their coach. They're playing for their jersey and their fan base. And special things can happen when, um, you're, you have that type of collective mentality. So yes, they're beaten up. And they're going to come limping into the Win Entertainment Center uh, on Monday night. But as Zalan Cheatham said post game, they—if you're going to send them home, you're going to have to do it the hard way because they're going to be a tough beat. Absolutely, they might not be the only one limping into the Win Entertainment Center on uh, on Monday night because Gary Clark might be as well after what we saw on Wednesday. Unfortunately. Um, that was a, a concern for the Hawks. So they've got to bounce back now into that play-in play game. I mean, they kept that game against Tassie reasonably close. It was a strange, like the, the, the flow of that game was odd. And, and they, they kept it close, got absolutely obliterated in the final quarter, especially with the, the Will Magne presence. But, you know, they faced adversity this season. Justin Tatum said it's made them better for it. They get another massive test to uh, to steal themselves to to get ready for Monday. Yeah, and uh, I think they're going to be a different team on their home floor. You can get a little shell-shocked in that building in Tasmania. And, you know, the crowd's going so crazy. It's a cauldron-like atmosphere. And if the jack- if your opponents are up and about, it makes it very, very tough. Um you're right. For a lot of that game, I felt like Tassie were in full control. And then I look at the scoreboard and it's a four or five point game and the Hawks were right there. Um, that it, it was, the, um, Gary Clark was nowhere near himself. The numbers in the box score don't tell you that. But, uh, you know, as the guys on the call were pointing out, it, uh, it, it, he wasn't his, his usual aggressive self. Um, and he didn't have that explosive power towards the basket. So, Hopefully he can get right. It's do or die now, and uh, he can come out and, and his body will allow him to do that because he's the key to that team. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and a big milestone for the Hawks uh, on Monday as well. Toddy Blanchfield plays game number four hundred. Huge, four hundred, massive number. Shout out to Todd Blanchfield, uh, one of those guys like a Jason Kadi or Ruben Tarangi, who uh, you know never went to college, came into the league kind of young and you know as a result still has plenty left in the tank and yet he's bringing up a a humongous number in terms of games played it's been quite a journey the Townsville years you know then to to Melbourne Sydney Illawarra a few years in Perth and now back in Illawarra Um, and he's been you know a really um, high level player in our league for a, a long time it's been a roller coaster 
you know, he was the all NBL second team, most improved player. And all of a sudden that he was standing in the corner in Melbourne. And then he really found himself in Illawarra after a quick stop in Sydney. Had a, what I thought was a career year in Perth and now plays this important role off the bench um, for Justin Tatum and these Hawks. But shout out to him. Great to see him join the 400 club, which, you know, that's that's a huge number and it's an exclusive club. So congratulations to him. Yeah, it's a, it's a great effort and a, a, a wild and varied journey across those 400 games, as many have, but uh, Todd Blanchfield's made the most of it. Uh, you mentioned Tassie off the top and the fact that Perth would be sitting there sort of nervously just watching and now preparing to play the jack jumpers. So um, we've still got Melbourne and Perth who were just hanging out, but the difference between them is that Perth know their opponent, Melbourne do not. How does that make the preparation different? I mean, Perth can just kind of get stuck into it, right? For sure. And, um, yeah, they've had some really interesting battles over over the course of the journey. And I, I think back, they had a, you know, they had one where they came back from 16 down. Perth, the Jordan Crawford had the shot to, I think, win it or tie it up. And, um, you know, they got the win. Um, then, of course, Tasmania took care of them with, without Bryce Cotton in that last round of the season. So, so some interesting kind of um, tape. And to, to go back and, and look through. Um, and for Melbourne, I mean, I think they're just hoping that Illawarra and New Zealand beat each other to death. You know, key guys on both of those teams are a little hobbled right now. And Melbourne, you know, just, um, you know, taking care of their own preparations and, and getting ready. So, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting time. It's why it makes it so hard to come through that, that, that a couple of playing games. And then you got to take on the number one seat. That's a really hard journey to take. So if, I think you feel pretty good if you're Melbourne. Whew, but as I said earlier, Perth would be nervous because Tassie are playing very, very, very well right now. Yeah, they uh, they absolutely they they look the goods in uh, in all kinds of ways. Hey, uh, a bit of breaking basketball news before we get to our weekend headlines. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks uh, reported to be waving uh, Australian star Patty Mills, of course. Uh, NBL fans of my age would have indelible memories of Patty lighting it up for the Melbourne Tigers in that uh, that lockout year, but he's been a great of uh, Australian basketball for so long, and hopefully he can land with a contender in the back end of the NBA season here. Yeah, I, I think that would make sense. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just sort of sad to see that on the, the news feed this morning, wasn't it? Just that even just the words waved and Patty Mills just really shouldn't shouldn't sit together. Uh, oh, absolute legend of Australian basketball. And I'm with you. I hope he lands on a, on a, in a good situation. I've got a contrary argument. I don't think it was sad. I, I was really pleased to see it because okay. hopefully he actually lands on a decent team yeah. and he can get some run and find an opportunity. I mean, being stuck. Imagine watching Trey Young just brick threes in Atlanta and just having to put up with that all the time. So I don't know. I, I thought it, hopefully... Hopefully you can land with the contender because I think uh, one thing that uh, all Aussie basketball fans know is that Paddy Mills has got plenty to offer in that space and uh, and and that uh, in the, the business end of the NBA postseason, which is coming up in a couple of months, that uh, he might have a little bit of a role to play. Uh, it is weekend headlines time. I haven't forgotten this week, Liam. You'll be very proud of me. I did my homework. No dogs were involved. Uh, there was no um, you know lost paperwork or anything like that. Uh, do you want to kick it off or do you want me to, to open the bidding? Let's hear yours with that that beautiful builder. All right. I'll, okay, I'm going to go to the WNBL. So there's no hoops across the course of this weekend, but there's two WNBL games. So uh, Melbourne and Southside tomorrow at 7 o'clock. It's been a, a really interesting WNBL season. So that's the 2v3 matchup. 
And then uh, Perth and Townsville in the 4v1 on Sunday. That's at 12.30 Eastern Daylight Time. Um, oh, sorry, 3.30 Eastern Daylight Time, 12.30 Perth Time. Uh, the Lynx rolled the fire last night. So the Lynx are the four seed. They beat the fire who are the one seed. A 4v1 three-game series has never been to a game three in the past seven years. So they've been playing these three-game series over the last six or seven years in the WNBL. It's always been 2 0. Whether four's beaten one or one's beaten four, never gone to a game three. I've got the Lynx beating the fire on Sunday and the pan the, uh, the West Australian on Monday running the headline extinguished. See you later, <laughs> Townsville. And of course, a couple of our own uh, colleagues head to head in that as well, in Alice Kunick and, uh, and Annalie Maley. So uh, that's what I've got for, uh, for a bit of a hoops tying across the weekend. Love it. Good work by you and, and good luck. Uh, to, to Alice and, and Annalie and their squads. Uh, for me, I'm going. I'm going with a Tuesday headline, not a Monday headline. Just because I want to put it on the other side of that that playing game. In you're organised. You're a man who's prepared. Yeah, um, and I'm just imagining a scenario where New Zealand win, and they're marching their way through these teams. And talk about extinguished. They're they're putting out the flames of some of these teams and their championship hopes. So. I'm imagining, I don't know, what would it be? Stuff.com or the NZ Herald? The NZ Herald. Uh, slap it on the back page. You've got um, Sydney and then Illawarra and then a picture of Melbourne United and the headline, next victim. Yeah, here's the hit list for uh, for Modi Mayor and, and the New Zealand Breakers. Uh, and gee, I'll tell you what, if, uh, if they keep if they keep rolling, if they were to win a semi-final series and get through to the finals, I'd hate to see what Parker Jackson Cartwright's got to say then. If they get all that way, that would be all kinds of fun. Liam, great talking hoops with you as always. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, gee, Monday can't come quick enough. Cheers, mate. Thanks for your company as well. Of course, all the news in the build-up to Monday's playing game on the NBL website and via the NBL app.